Welcome to Uncontained Episode 80. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I speak to all three members of the band Amara, Brooke, Mikhail, and Donovan. They all stopped by to talk about their newly released self-titled EP, which you will hear a track from right before we get this interview started. They're a live electronica drum and bass band. Uh, They have a live show with live instruments, so definitely a show worth checking out and talk about their creative process and how being from different countries affected their influences and how that all came together to create a melting pot of musical influence. They also believe in networking and creating from within that network and that is how the picture I use for the show artwork got created uh, by one of their friends, Ben J. Crossman. And if you've been liking what you're hearing on Uncontained, please let me know. Swing by uncontainedpod.com and get a hold of me on the contact section. Or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All you gotta do is search Uncontained Pod or on Instagram, it's Uncontained Podcast. So just look it up, connect with me. I want to know what you guys are doing. If you want to support the show as well, you can just go to uncontainedpod.com. And there is the Amazon banner at the top of the page. You can click that if you have any Amazon shopping to do and help out the show. Thank you for joining me today. Before we jump into the conversation with Amara, here is the new single off of their self-titled EP that dropped August 1st, Connected. Yeah. 
guys doing today great how are you great thank you thank you for joining me here on uncontained and uh instead of me going on and talking about who you guys are do you want to give a little bit better introduction yeah definitely um we have broken here and she's our singer amazing beautiful uh, uh girl from texas uh me myself i'm from uh, israel and i play keys i produce music and next to me is Donovan, who is our uh, creative genius on guitar, and when it comes to writing melodies or coming out with craziest ideas for us to launch upon and create more new new music and, you know, launch it from different directions, basically. Okay, all right. So I was listening to your new EP that uh, just came out on August 1st, a couple days ago. I've noticed of it seems like... Uh, it's gotten a little bit into having horns in some of the tracks. Probably on the keyboard, uh, probably in effect. Yeah, yeah, Cobra. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we always constantly incorporate live uh, sounds and live instruments because, um, you know, before I was just doing EDM and I was producing a lot of EDM, but when I met Donovan, he kind of like nudged me towards like, hey, man, like let's just start using EDM but with like live instruments and have live instruments come over and actually perform with us. And it was an eye opener for me because, you know, uh, electronic producers, they tend to be really like in the box and kind of like self-reliant on just sample packs or presets. So basically having an actual saxophone guy come over and actually perform the line and you're like, oh, wow, I have actually have a original sample and I don't have to go anywhere and chop anything and work it all. You know, it's it's actually refreshing. All right, yeah, I was wondering if that was a live saxophone because it didn't sound like a sample to me, you know? It actually sounded real, like, organic instrument, which, I don't know, I've I've always liked it when bands incorporate horns, at least at some point. It doesn't have to be horn-heavy, but, uh, you know, I've always kind of liked that. You're definitely going to like the new new, uh, track is going to come up in a couple of months called My Default. has a lot of uh, uh, reggae feel to it and uh, horns and everything. Okay, cool. So, with you guys being all around the world, how did you guys come together? Um, so, me and Mikael, 
Well, we met at USC. We were doing classical music studies, and uh, and we both played a bunch of jazz. So then we also bonded on our pop uh, musical band uh, that we liked in common, that we that we have in common. Went to shows, went to events, and went to parties. And uh, before you know it, and before before we knew it, we just kind of wanted to start our own thing where we wanted to incorporate and create a fusion of electronic sounds and live sounds. And, uh, and live instruments in a fun kind of like summer festival, but still epic, still complex, still, you know, influenced by world music, classical music and jazz, but over a hard uh, hitting electronic sound system, you know? Okay. And then uh, how did uh, Brooke come into the picture? So we wanted a really, really good singer. And after a really long time, we, had, we, we didn't even know that she was a singer, but she was a really good friend of ours already. And then all of a sudden we discovered that her voice fit perfectly with our band and that she was unbelievable, a, a very, very hard worker. And so it was just like the, the, the connectivity, like the, the harmony between the three of us was just perfect. So we, were, we felt like the luckiest band in the world. And now we're on to a spaceship together, killing the game. <laughs> Right on, right on. So, um, with another question about being from all over the place, or another statement, you guys have to have quite different influences. Definitely. So, what are some of your guys' influences? How do they meld together? I think Brooke can, can uh, like answer that question, definitely. Well, no, I think that's what makes our music so interesting is because it's coming from three different people who have different tastes in music. So when it all comes together, it creates its own hybrid of uh, musicality and it, and it creates something different. All right, all right. And being from Texas, what, what influences do you bring, Brooke? Um, well, not not country, which is what you'd probably think. Uh, <laughs> although I did start off singing country when I was younger. Uh, I'm more like I like rock music, uh, like heavier '70s rock kind of stuff. And I think that that shows in my vocals a lot too. I, I kind of uh, revert back to that kind of stuff whenever I'm singing a lot of our songs. I am curious to find out what influences you took from over in Europe and brought to America. Well, um, obviously, me being from, I mean, I've done like four immigrations in my life. So I came from different countries and, and each and every country probably, you know, left a mark on me. So uh, musically speaking, definitely a lot of those um, Middle East Eastern motives is probably my, uh, you know, uh, my take in, in the band because I kind of like grew up on those, you know, listening to um, in Israel, listening to Arab music all the time and listening to, you know, Mediterranean music all the time kind of like has those. Also that the 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 fact that those those genres are very uh, percuss percussion heavy, that really, really get, uh, got me like a, um, a solid background of of interesting rhythms that don't really appear that often in in western music you know what i'm saying so bringing it and making it sort of like west making the eastern sounds and the, and the eastern rhythms like five eights and five fours like making a heavy drum and bass rhythm uh like a hemiolas or or, or or cut rhythms and everything in a way that never been heard before that's basically the way that i'm looking at it i'm a i'm a drummer too like a in in, in heart i'm a drummer so everything is very like drum oriented and percussive oriented acts yeah and donovan donovan definitely has a lyrical part and the beautiful melody that you hear is 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 a big part of, of of his um 
contribution, which I probably believe it's the, just a French school. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Debussy, the Ravel, and the Impressionists, and the beautiful, the beautiful composers that influenced all the, the epic soundtrack that you hear in Hollywood or that you even hear uh, in Asia from all the, the Impressionist composers over there. I'm just, uh, yeah, the, definitely the melody side is, is what I'm really, that, what, uh, that I got from the jazz even and from all the uh, eight, 19th century composers from uh, Western Europe. That would be uh, where a lot of my influences are coming from. And that's what we vibed on because being, you know, classical music geeks from USC, this is you, all you do is you have those classes when you have to go and listen to 300 songs a semester and like songs like pieces, like actual like symphonies and everything. And each different composers, different times, different uh, uh, musical genres, you know, like classicism. And then you have romanticism, and you have modernism, all these, all this modern music. And then you have like different genres. It, it, it gives you a, a way richer uh, upbringing than if you would just grow, grew up like listening to just hip hop or something, you know, Nirvana. Yes, definitely. Like uh, something that uses the same three chords over and over again uh, compared to a classical piece. Which obviously we also did. I mean, we, it's not it's not because we, we were in, in music schools and conservatories and universities all our lives that we, re we just didn't listen to the rest of the, the music, you know, from, from the blues and jazz and all the way to hard rock, heavy metal, hip hop and the rest of it, you know. Um, just kind of have an understanding of the entire um, spectrum yeah, spectrum of music and love it all, especially if it's really good. And, and I don't think I don't see why we couldn't just mix it together and then add our own voice and, and uh, electrified energy to just to just uh, to just create drive it. it. Yeah, exactly. And that's how that's how you come up with a new sound, you know, by that introducing a bunch of different influences. Basically, think about it like this. We didn't hear something in, in the music today and just wanted to hear something, and then we just created what we wanted to hear. Yeah, pretty much. All right, great, great. And I was watching a couple of your videos. Um, you guys have a pretty sick live show as well from what I've seen. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have a philosophy for on stage, or do you just um, do anything to get psyched up, or is that well, just how you are naturally? I mean, the idea was basically because EDM all of a sudden got super popular in 2010 and everybody was be becoming literally a DJ. Every, every single person is a DJ today. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it means that you don't really need to do anything. You just have to stand behind, you st stand on a podium behind the, the, the controller where you have a pre-made uh, uh, set and then you can call yourself a DJ. And, and as me coming from a, a school of you have to literally sit there for 11 hours a day perform and then you when you come out everything is raw on the spot and all the mistakes that you do is is a part of the performance it was kind of like weird like when i when i started asking my dj friends i'm like so you just stand there and you just push a button he goes yeah and then you just chill he's like yeah i'm like that's it he goes basically you know so for me <laughs> it was like super super weird so i was like okay but there's got to be something else you got to do you got to perform you got to like have that live element where people like actually enjoy watching you like shredding a guitar you know what i'm saying and then and then i see this wave of live electronic musicians like literally a huge wave of musicians right now like uh uh all, there's so many chemists 
uh, mode step, you know, Pendulum started that shit in, in 2004, you know, um, there's so many more right now that are doing that, and then I see the DJs trying to emulate that and try to jump on that train, so the basic idea is that to have a full beautiful, basically take the, the best parts from rock with the best parts from electronic music, incorporate it in one show that, that has us perform the music that we wrote electronically at the same time while people actually dance because whatever comes out of speakers is on the same frequency level as the guy, as the DJ who played before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um... Just kind of jumping around a little bit to your name, I'll bring it back to this as well. Where did you come up with the name Amara? All right, so um, about a year ago, we wanted to uh, just kind of have our own place to have parties, so we could kind of you know bring our, our close friends that were artists and musicians from downtown Los Angeles, and uh, so we kind of started a thing that became like a biweekly event. And uh, we, 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 we had the idea we, that we could just perform at it just for like 30 minutes. And uh, basically the, the event was called uh, AM Era, like the era of the night, because they would go until like probably 7, 8 a.m. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people in L.A. after the bars close, they, they don't have anywhere to go. So they go and hang out at their friends. Or if you have a cool artsy loft in downtown, then they tend to come to your place. And then we still had speakers and... Uh, and we would just, you know, have a good time and play some music. And uh, that's where it's from. A.M. Era, me, Amera means uh, the era of the night. Night era, basically. Okay. All right. A.M. Era. All after, right. After a while, we were like, man, we don't see a light of day. We just like, this is like a night, night life, night, night era. And then we just kind of went with that, Amera, Amera. But, uh, but it's funny because after a while, your brain kind of plays tricks on you and it gives you different meanings to that. So, so uh, mm-hmm. like Donald was like saying, it's like La Mer is like ocean in, in, in French, you know. Amera in Hebrew, it's like, you know, if you have a saying, you want to say something. So it's like Amera, you know, there's like a, Amera. Someone said it's like a princess in Egypt. There's uh, people starting to like add, you know, stuff to it. That to us, it sounds international. It is. It's, it's a beautiful sounding word. It looks beautiful on paper. Yeah. Also, also, we thought like, you know, because we like drum and bass. And at, at a time, we were always all like super crazy about it. We're thinking that would be the like basically the only American live drum and bass band coming from America because drum and bass is huge in Europe, but not as big as in the United States, you know. So we thought it, it could help. Okay. And, you know, it. Along with other words that it sounds like, it actually is like almost short for like America exactly. as well, and totally. which makes kind of fitting to where I was going with all the styles coming in. Like America is supposed to be like this big melting pot, right. and you're like this big melting pot of musical styles. Nice, totally. Nicely said. So it kind of all comes together, and I said I'd bring it back to way you were talking about the style of your music, and that's kind of what was running through my head right there. Instead of America, it's Amera. Oh. <laughs> if we ever get a Wikipedia page, we should write that we're the melting pot of a bunch of musical genres. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. You just got to start one. Hey, no, you can't start your own, man. Hink, uh, wink, wink. Uh, smiley face. <laughs> Well, you might have to get somebody to start it for you, listeners. Here we go. Cool. So let's talk about your new CD coming out a little bit. We talked about it briefly, but uh, it's a six-track self-titled EP. Yes. Correct? Yes. 
And uh, is there a story behind this EP, or how did you come up with the self-titled album? Um, well, basically, this is this is a compilation of all the songs that we wrote and produced during the time of 2016, 2000, early 2017. And this is basically the t the, the the first the first tracks that we worked with our singer Brooke. And uh, this is basically our first attempt to to create a product to put it out there for people to see what we are about, basically. All right. And we have Benjay Crossman do an amazing job of of painting our uh, um, uh, album cover on this. And if you, if anybody wants to see, it's available on our uh, Facebook. You can see him actually doing it the whole from A to Z, the whole painting. Accelerated. Accelerated, obviously. I actually saw, I actually did watch part of that video and it was it was pretty sick. At first I thought like your album cover was just like digital graphic art. Yep. You know? And then I was like, holy shit, that's that's something that's spray painted. Yep. And it's available in our warehouse. Anybody can come in and see it and, and it's like a it's like a museum uh, of Amera here. <laughs> All right. And we were talking just a little bit before we got started here on you're uh, speaking of your warehouse uh, you you kind of you, you say you kind of use your warehouse to promote yourselves and other bands how does that work basically you just have a place where you get to perform and and and, and a place where you get to have other people you know hire the book the place to perform or to throw events and whenever they come, they get to meet you. That's just a way of networking in a, in a sense, you know. That in L.A., which is like a very snob city, you know, it's like you got to have something that you want, you can offer to L.A. when they come to you. And, they, and then when you have bands come over and they're like, oh, we're going to book a, the event at Amera. And then they literally promote that, that name to all their people and then know that Amera, they're definitely going to Google it. And then what we do is we're going to slowly but surely start co like like adding whatever we promote on our Instagram for Amera HQ, which we call this place, we're going to start promoting our music on there. So whoever booked this place and liked this place, definitely going to find out about the band, basically. That's the idea. The idea is to to use this place to promote the band so this, so this place would slowly but surely. And at the same time, wherever we perform, people Google our name. They can see, you know, this place is like part of us and it's our headquarters so and it's also a place that they can come it's and a, shoot. it's a fun place in a in a very like hip like dead middle of los angeles which Skid is Row. which is very you know everybody loves it down here like people out in hollywood in the valley also love try to drive all the way to downtown just to come hang out and party and this warehouse is you know historic historical it's we built it into a really cool fun club for either TV shoots or events or whatever, whoever wants to do, it's on so many platforms. So it's called Amera HQ. This is where we write the music. We're probably gonna shoot some music videos. It's just a giant spaceship to create whatever we want to create and help us promote the music that we write. All right, all right, cool. So you're kind of trying to just create a brand all together between like your warehouse uh, events you put on and your and your band name, correct? No, man, we're trying to open a music district. <laughs> we're trying to create the first music district in, in our neighborhood. We're going to start small. but then I know. No, but you're right. That's what we're trying to do, definitely. Right on, but it's a cool concept of what you said, creating a whole music 
district, a whole scene in your area right there that's kind of contained. Because it doesn't exist. There's arts districts, but there's no music districts ever. Unless I'm wrong, but from what I know, from what I've observed, not in not in LA. There's no music district in LA. Not in LA, but if you went down to New Orleans, I'm sure sure you'd find something. New Orleans, that is definitely the whole city, man. Love that. I love that place. I was just uh, watching something that made me want to go down there. I don't know uh, if I was, I was watching uh, the Foo Fighters Sonic Highways. Oh wow! And they go and record like a track in each a different track for their CD in in different cities. And in the episode, they talk about the city's like background and musical history and stuff like that, and like influences that they've taken from there. And the New Orleans one and Austin, Texas episode so far have been my favorites. Yeah. Very cool. I lived in Austin for a year and a half. Okay. So, yeah. I haven't ever actually been to Austin, but it made me want to go. Gotcha. <laughs> it made you want so, to go to Austin and New Orleans. It made me want to go to both of them, but I've been to New Orleans. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. So, your music... Like what? What goes? What goes into it as far as but uh, complexity of your music? The reason why we want to have it be a little bit more advanced than just the same the same tracks, the same songs that are being recycled in the pop music world over and over, and because we okay. we have so many millions of influences in our heads, we're trying to make it like pretty complex. But the problem that we faced is that whenever you're trying to juxtapose so many different, you know, counter melodies and harmonies and this and that, plus all the frequencies of different electronic sounds, then all of a sudden it becomes a giant, you know, mess. So there's a certain there's a certain complexity that needs to be like held back and at the same time it has to be simple, but it can't be cheesy or, you know, anything annoying to listen to. I can't, you know, like to me to me, ninety percent of anything that comes out from the pop music world is unbearable to the ear because it's just like the the sound choice, the production, and 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 the melodies. But but at the same time, if we since we're new, we had to figure out how to have good production, have the things be complex, but at the same time be not too much to where the listener's overwhelmed and has no idea what's going on. So it's just like a balance that we're figuring out at the moment. Okay, so how do you uh, how do you find yourself walking that line between too complex for people to understand and pop music simple? Well, basically, what happens is uh, we sit down and we write. To, like we we have a writing session. We write ideas. We just blurb, blurb ideas without thinking, without judging. We just 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 mush it all out in one thing, and then it takes time for us to sit down. And actually go through every single idea and thinking, okay, is this a, is this something that because it's easy to put things in, it's really hard to put things out because then you like be like, oh, okay, maybe I should just depart, like I should just not not use this line and and take it out, and oh, but I love this line, oh, I want it to be, yeah, but but does it really complement or could it be just in the background? So basically, what it it takes, it, what we do, it's easy for us to shoot ideas. Because we literally grew up with that, with we have that upbringing of, of complex, and then it takes longer time for us to come up with something that just strips the complexity, has it inside a little bit, but then still keeps it keeps it pop, 
And then on top of it, we have an amazing pop singer that can come that comes in and and actually makes it more available to the public because Brooke literally was a pop singer for what 30, 30 years, twenty years. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, twenty five years. My point Since is before she was born. I know, I know. So. Um, <laughs> 50 years, yeah. So, but to answer your question, I mean, the, the, at step one, me and him, me, Mikael and I basically are, are kind of like bouncing and trusting each other. Like, A, does it sound good? And, and we don't have the problem to be like, no, it doesn't. And then that's, that's how we can kind of forge it. And then after number two is basically the public response, which, you know, so far it's 100% has been, you know, a very excited. It sounds very exciting. Sounds very fun, very adrenaline, very like Mission Impossible 17 or you know, if it's really nice and beautiful, then it's it sounds very soundtracky, or definitely sounds like something people want to hear at a music festival. Hence, also all the live instruments mixed mixed in because then it's more members on stage. You know, we have our DJ set and then our live. Yeah, we set. have two sets. We have one live set which is incorporates the live drummer with with the live trumpet guy and the live saxophone guy, and, the and then and then and then we have also an MC that comes up with us and does the DJ set, which is a one hour of not, one and a half hour of nonstop, literally a DJ set where we perform <laughs> when we perform. <laughs> It's all going through a DJ mixer where I DJ, but at the same time, we all perform on top. So, like, you okay. know, I'm not going details of geeky details of how it's all uh, uh, routed, but basically everything goes into a, a, a SRT DJ M900. And then, and then he, we have a, 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 a channel for the guitar. We have two channels for two mics. And then the rest is two, the, the first channel is of one track, second channel is the second track, and then the third channel is keys so basically i i when we play i mix it all on the on, live on the spot we play some of the parts most of the 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 dr driving force which is the heavy basses and 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 arpeggiators and and heavy like the 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 kicks and everything that needs to be electronic then most of them are for the, from ableton but the rest the stuff that we like the solos and everything also we have that the, what ableton allows us is to go into these like Im improvisational moments where we just like yo this is 16 bars let's just come up with a solo and then people are going to be blown away because it's dancing and then all of a sudden donna comes in with a beautiful solo and everybody's just like wow and then and then all of a sudden like we have a, a full song with just just brooke and she's just with a heavy drum and bass like a a, a a beat behind her and she's with her beautiful beautiful voice just driving it so it's just you know it's just a matter of coming up with cool ideas and, and mushing it all together like a melting pot speaking of the live band actually um, Amara hooked up with uh, the one and only Tony Royster Jr., the drummer that was like a, a kid famous since he, since he was like 12 years old. And uh, he was okay. also really excited about it. This was before the move into the Mary HQ. So obviously we, we've been slightly busy, but he's, he was all about you know, collaborating and, and uh, starting, starting something as far as our life set goes. So we'll be, we'll be getting into that probably within the next couple months. Really All right, cool, cool. So I have a question going back a little bit in your explanation of the complexity. You were saying it's easier to uh, add something opposed to take something out. Do you find yourself getting attached to ideas easily, or do you, is there a way that you avoid like getting too attached to an idea so you can keep your music and your writing process more nah. liquid? 
No, because uh, we um, we just we know that ideas gonna come come more and more. So we're just like, okay, this idea's got to go. That's it. Unless unless it's like something that somebody in the band really really wants and really likes, then we're like, okay, I guess we have to figure out a way to incorporate it. But if it's an idea, it's just an idea. For example, we had a moment in connected one of the songs, and it was a very like a uh, it was a, a percussive. Uh, arpeggiated line that when we when we were working on it was actually taken away from this the the voice and we're like okay man this gotta go and then we're like all right we'll use it next time so we're basically using it and we're taking something that we didn't use as a sample pack and then using it for different pieces sometimes you know just like it happens when you just take a piece that you just wrote add it to a different uh arrangement that you were using and all of a sudden boom it works you know basically okay cool so yeah if you don't use it in that song you kind of recycle it so what advice do you guys have for bands that are looking to get started out find the right puzzle pieces yeah find the right. right band members and the right investors and all the right you know partners that believe in you find people you can trust yeah and you can't stop either, you know, it's not always going to be easy. They're going to be really, really terrible days and they're going to be amazing days and you have to look forward to the days that are, that are awesome when you're on stage with your best friends and when you're recording a new hit song and just keep your eyes focused on that. And if you can't do okay. something else and make money, go do it. <laughs> but also, I heard someone uh, in LA, I, can't, I don't remember exactly who it, who it was, that, that told me that no matter if you're a musician, comedian, uh, you know, actor or artist, what matters on top of, you know, being very like excited about what you're doing and it has to show to everybody. So then people were like, no, you're, you're excited. What matters is, is not that you're excited about it for one year is that in 10 years, you're still that guy that's super excited about it and you're still doing it. And then people will all of a sudden be True. like, well, that's part of him. That's he is. It's definitely a career at this point. That's what he's, that's what he or she is, is, is doing. And then people start taking it seriously. And over 10 years, guess what happens? Networking, more fans, more friends, and it's like a marriage. You know, you married to that. You just, you just. Sometimes, you know, um, I have, I have, I have my son, but then, you know, sometimes I have to have a show, and guess what? I, I won't be able to see him. So it's just like something like you know, D Dave Mustaine from Megadeth was talking about. Uh, CLA was talking about it. Every single rock musician is talking about it. That that the band is is like marriage. It's like takes away everything. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard I've heard people talk about that like, you know, you might not be there for birthdays, you might not be there for like as crappy as, as funerals and stuff like that because you have the band. Yeah. So any, well, any other, or something. What's that? At least we're not away at war. It's bad. <laughs> like it sounds tragic, but it's not nearly as bad as some other people who have to go do something else they don't like. And can't have to miss a birthday or something. Yeah, between between me that, and you, honestly, it, it's it's uh it's either that or, or constantly just trying to fit into a weird system that feels not good, and then trying to like we're not nine to five people, we can't do that. So it's just like you know, it's either doing that and feeling unhappy, or doing this and grinding through everything, basically. I hear you on that, and uh, a very valid point about the uh, it's not going to war. It kind of helps put things in perspective. Yeah. Um, yes, it's but no, as you um, as you know, we saw Dunkirk a couple of days ago, so that's where it comes from. How is that movie? I haven't seen that yet. Crazy, dude! Crazy. 
Oh, yeah. Would you recommend it? Yes. Definitely. He also, he fell asleep during the movie, too, so I don't know what he's talking about. I was tired because I was building all day. <laughs> it's super loud, and I look over at him, and he's, his eyes are closed. I'm like, what are you doing? It's very intense. It's, it's got a realistic factor of, like, you know, there's no... There's no storyline. It's just chaos during the evacuation of the British troops, and it's, it's well done. It's in a really great uh, director, Nolan. Obviously. Okay, I got a question. Being being foreign, what do you think of watching like American war movies? Do you feel it kind of is it like a different side of the story that you're seeing, or you're like that's not what we were taught in school? What is that experience like? Not really, because, you know, funny thing, but uh, uh, it's a surprise to Americans, but America won the world without uh, without guns, basically, because even though I lived in Israel, I grew up in the same uh, um, cu- cultural references as Brooke and her friends. So coming down here, we basically grew up in the same, we, we, we saw the same movies, we saw every, everything was the same. I, I love Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny and all <laughs> I literally, for sure, like I grew up on the same cartoons, you know, a Carol Burnett show. All Plus these, more know. because you get the local, the yeah. local ones from your country. Yeah. Which actually copied the, the American ones. A lot so, of the time, yeah. 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 Okay, that's interesting. So, what do you guys do to promote yourselves? Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> everything and anything. Um, well, first of all, obviously, we put a lot of effort to coming out with good content and linking up, linking and collaborating with people that actually can contribute with good product. Like our artist, uh, Benjay, he actually worked with Deontward. And um, definitely, you know, a, a big contribution from, as you saw, like the artwork is unbelievable. So basically what we want to do, we want to come up with more and more content. The more it is, like, you know, if we, if we want to collaborate with a drummer, that drummer should be Tony Royster. You know what I'm saying? We actually had a performance with KJ Saka, uh, f- uh, the drummer from Pendulum. And, you know what I'm saying? That, that says a lot. Like, we don't really, we don't compromise um, quality. Quality. So if, if something coming out of our uh, account or something's coming out of our Instagram page or, 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 or whatever, you know what I'm saying? If we're coming out with a product, we want it to be the best that we could have done at this moment in our lifetime. And uh, how do we promote that? We basically use a lot of social media. We play a lot of shows. We go to play. And uh, we have a lot of friends who see what we do and in L.A. because everybody's an entrepreneur and everybody's is a know, how, know who and know how and, and a promoter and a DJ. So we basically play uh, other people's events and they allow us to come over and, and blow everybody out the water. Um, and that kind of builds a little bit of momentum. And uh, in the future, obviously, we have goals of, of taking a U.S. tour or um, you know, uh, outside of U.S. tours, but that thing requires a lot of um, PR, campaign. PR campaigns and everything. It, it requires a lot of first. Uh, you got to build, build the solid audience, and I think the best yeah. way to do that is performing and just being a genuinely cool person and getting tons of friends because those friends are doing stuff. Then they promote for you. You promote for them. They help you to promote. Yeah, and before you know it, you're just like in this giant, cool, uh, you know, assembly of dope people. So now it's it's a little society of artists and musicians 
Underground club. It is though. It's it's funny how it is because everybody knows everybody what everybody does and they appreciate you, but they look at you like like a peer. Like you know, you're you are equal. You're not like under there, you don't have to pay them. You just literally like, hey man, can I? And they're like, Of course. And boom, you know what I'm saying? Like our friends gave us their their the warehouse for like an like a night and then we had one of our most funnest shows over there. I mean, at the Ameri H uh, headquarters, we have the the uh, the Blackbird, which is a famous, you know, uh, Burning Man uh, um, decorated uh, bus, you know, and then we have their 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 PA system, and which is like thirty thousand watt, uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. Sounds just wow. just crazy. share with yeah. us, just because we're we're really good friends with them, and obviously, you know, we we can do stuff for them, and they do stuff for us. Yeah. It's just like a little community. That's uh, you know supportive and of beautiful warehouses and and artists and musicians in downtown LA, which is way more fun to us than going to a club in Hollywood where the the, the whole staff is a little bit snobby, and the whole goers pretentious and the people that go there have <laughs> a clue of anything. And that's, that's how actually how we met. Fun. That's how we met uh, Brooke too. Is our friends brought her over and then and then we talked her into uh, joining the band. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So basically you do promoting through like networking and building a community. Yes, sir. All right, that's a very a great way to utilize your um peers and people who you meet. Is there any advice you have as far as what you do to build this community? Like say somebody's not in LA and they want to like start trying to build a community in their area. Uh, what would you suggest trying to do to get started out? First, you learn from like the people that are already doing it in that area, you know, and you go, you go straight to the people that are the, the, the create, the owners of that creation, you know, that's, and then it also allows you to learn to communicate with people that are in charge of things and that are, that are productive people and there and therefore it's it's uh it's motivating you know they you know you get influenced by them and you, you get excited by the fact that they're doing five different things and then they they introduce you to their friends and next thing you know they they allow you in their community and then it grows and grows like that and then after that you go and build your own thing and then they help you and they watch you do that and they're fascinated by you they're like what the hell dude i remember you not having anything and now all of a sudden you have all this stuff you know, you're <laughs> welcome. Pretty much. Right on, right on. Uh, cool. So what would you guys say a highlight has been so far? Our, our band is six months old, so we have an EP album and a huge warehouse in downtown L.A. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty proud. We're excited. It's, it's, it's growing exponentially, and we just want to go perform more so we can have a better highlight the next time we tell you. We talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough, and we will hook up down the line for sure. Cause once once you're a guest on Uncontained, I kind of like to try to keep in touch and promote what you have going on. You, you know, kind of. You see now you, make it, you're starting an underground little thing with us. You see, that's how it starts, dude. <laughs> you're, you're exactly, exactly. And like when I see you guys are up to something, I'll post it on my Uncontained page. You know, kind of create a little family. Always. Oh, thank you. And if you're ever down here, obviously you can come and enjoy whatever you want with us and, and have fun. All right, perfect. See, we're doing this networking thing right now. <laughs> always, always, 24-7. Yeah. 
Oh. Awesome, awesome. So now this is kind of a tough question for some people to answer, but when a person comes to your performance and sees you perform, what do you want that person to take away from the show? What do you want them to remember? That they, one, have never heard that style, two, had the best time of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? I haven't heard, I haven't heard from... Uh, from Brooke a whole lot, Brooke. Do you have an answer on this? No, yeah. I mean, we want them We want them to be sweaty from dancing like crazy the entire time with us and just having a blast, loving the songs, and hopefully, uh, you know, finding out when we're performing the next time and, and see us again. All right. I want people, I want people moshing. I don't want people sitting watching. I want people, I want people moshing. I want to, you know, I, I had always this dream. I want to jump into a crowd of people and have them all like just... Look at me in my face when I'm just looking <laughs> in their face and everybody's sweating and, and just they're like, what the hell is going on, dude? I think he's talking about what they feel. Not like I know. <laughs> That's cool, too. You know, you can get get an emotion from this, but do people actually mosh at your shows? Sometimes, yeah, yeah we actually have girls mosh at our shows. <laughs> it's really fun. It's, I mean, drum and bass, it, it gets a little, but it's, it's a kind of moshing that's like friendly and, you know, people have to have a little bit of a, of a perimeter around them because it's kind of a violent it's like you know intense dance so it's not it's not really a it's not really that crazy it's just uh friendly more bump, it's more my bumping but like bumping but it's still like you know it's not like crazy like a death metal concert mushing kind of thing like yeah. a wall more like ska and skanking yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah okay like the but even in metal even in metal there's mosh pit etiquette yeah, yeah, definitely. Like somebody gets knocked down, you got three people grabbing them, yeah. pulling them back up. Cause and having uh, a girl frontman actually helps to have a lot of girls having that edge and jumping into it too. You know, definitely. Yes. All right, I have one more question for you guys before we wrap this up. Okay. But before I ask that question, where is your corner on the internet? Uh, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Uh, where they can, uh, where they can get your new album and uh any other social media you want to share uh you can find us everything is slash amara music so facebook instagram twitter all of that everything soundcloud uh, snapchat snapchat oh do we have a snapchat we do we do oh. and uh, <laughs> also on bandcamp you can download uh, a copy of our uh, ep on bandcamp uh, amera.bandcamp.com okay great I'll put your links in the show notes so people can uh, get the album at Bandcamp through there and uh, get in contact with you guys as well. So I'll have that in the show notes. And I do have that final question for you guys. It's the title question of the show. How do you live uncontained? We really, really, really like what we do. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, I mean, a lot of the people that, that know us from a long time ago or people that get to know us know that we've always done that so they expect it to be our careers it's not like we decided at age 14 or 21 we're going to be musicians yeah like, like we're gonna age be, six we're going to be performing artists that that's the only thing we know how to do i mean even though we're learning all this other stuff along the way because you have to in 21st century uh timeline you have to learn how to do all this stuff to make the music heard by everybody but i mean we don't really have the problem of anyone around us telling us to go do anything 
And it's not just because we have because we told them all to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like it's not like we're like that broke band that rehearses it in in our parents' like garage or anything like that. Like we have everything we have, and and we work. We you know we, we work around to to make enough money to in order to promote, in order to have the equipment, and to have all the free time in order to write music and rehearse. It's a it's a daily choice, man. You wake up and it's a daily choice whether I'm going to go and find a job or whether I'm going to do this. And then you just figure it out how to sustain your life and 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 you know uh, juggle you know life and and bills and everything and still be a prima donna and and, and give interviews for awesome people like you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, great. I would like to thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, it's been great talking to you and make sure you check out their self-titled EP at Bandcamp. Once again, the show notes will have the link to the CD so you can purchase it. And guys, I wish you the best of luck. I have one thing for you to do before we get out of here. And that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? We're Mara and we don't always do what you tell us to do, but when we do fuck you, we won't do what you tell us. (laughs) You sound like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Well, we got influence. Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> totally. I'm Donovan, guitarist from Amera. I'm Mikael. I'm Keith from Amera. I'm Brooke, vocals in Amera. And we live uncontained. And that wraps up another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Amara for coming on and talking with me. Make sure you check out their new self-titled EP. It's available on Bandcamp. I'll have the link in the show notes so you can get access to their music easily. So check them out. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All the links are there in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all the support I've been getting for the show. Please continue to spread the word tell your friends about it uh, leave a rating review on iTunes if you're if you're feeling up to it and you can always support the show by going to uncontainedpod.com and clicking on the Amazon banner at the top of the page thank you and until next time live uncontained